Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Market Bites. I'm Sam. And I'm Josh. And we're here to break down three of the hottest financial events that happened this week, so you can keep your finger on the pulse. Whether you're on your way to work, at the gym, or wherever and whenever you have the time to get updated. So, are you ready? Let's get into it. This podcast is for information and education purposes only and should not be taken as investment advice, a personal recommendation or an offer of or solicitation to buy or sell any financial instruments. This material has been prepared without taking into account any particular investment objectives or financial situation and has not been prepared in accordance with the legal and regulatory requirements to promote independent research. Past performance is not an indication of future results. Hello, everyone, and welcome back for another episode. As usual, I'm joined by Josh Gilbert. And for those that are watching, he looks very, very dapper. So, Josh, how are you? I'm very good, Sam. I'm very good. How are you? Yeah, yeah, very well. Very well. Reason for the uh, the smart shirt? Reason for the smart shirt is uh, we had an event with uh, Rugby Australia tonight. Um, nice. So we are a sponsor of Rugby Australia here in Australia. And uh, I had the pleasure of meeting new coach, Eddie Jones, those mm-hmm. listening from England. Uh, we'll be very aware, if you're rugby fans, of, of who that is. And I also had the pleasure of meeting Lord Sebastian Coe tonight as well, um, mm-hmm. who, is, uh, who is running a, a World Championship Athletics event here in Australia over, over the weekend as well. So, uh, so yeah, uh, very, feeling very privileged this evening. Yeah, mixing it with the celebs. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm a, a rugby fan and I'm actually going to the quarterfinal in France this year for the Rugby World Cup. And there's a possibility it could be England-Australia. And obviously, mm-hmm. I want England to win. However, if Australia do win, just listening to the press conference from Eddie Jones, it would be box office. I think that would be something uh, I wouldn't mind hearing to get over it. But uh, yes, we shall see how that goes. Um, for those listening, you probably thinking hang on i haven't heard this theme tune before or you or you've noticed something different we've had a little bit of a revamp here with the digest and invest umbrella so this is uh what you'll see if you look at the uh, the thumbnail is called market bites now so this will take the the same uh, we'll do the same process as before we'll talk about three of the main stories uh from this week or any other week, of course, and we'll we'll upload that at the same time. So I think some of you will probably get that if you're in the UK, Wednesday evening, Australia, Thursday morning, um, and so on. So you'll still get that as normal. But then we also have a new website, so etoro.com forward slash digest and invest, where you'll see all of the podcasts and webinars that get uploaded under the digest and invest umbrella. So for example, the conversations with leaders, which you of course can see on the podcast right now will upload and and there'll be every sort of couple of weeks. Uh, Josh, you focus primarily at the moment as well on, on uploading stock breaks ones as well. So maybe you can give us a little bit of a, a talk about what that entails. Yeah, exactly. So stock break is essentially us looking to break down your your favorite companies, giving an insight as to exactly what the company does, how they make their money, um, you know, what their fundamentals look like, and and ultimately uh, what its challenges are, but also what the opportunity is for that particular company. So we want to sort of help you give more insight into. Uh, companies so if there is a company that you want to know more about let us know and uh, and we can break it down break it down absolutely um and also from sort of march april time 
Uh, we will be delivering new courses as well, technical analysis, fundamental analysis, how to build a portfolio, those kind of things. So do keep an eye on that. Remember to subscribe. And if you're on a podcast listening right now and you can give us a rating, please do. It helps massively with, with us being able to get special guests on and the algorithm and all of those kind of things. Um, okay, podcast this week then, the free topics. We'll go for US inflation, which of course came out yesterday. Uh, we'll also have a look at the UK data this week too, before finishing up with Airbnb. How does that sound? Sounds good to me. Um, yeah, busy week. And I think it's going to be a busy week ahead as well. So um, yeah, plenty to cover. Okay, perfect. And and actually, just before we get going, I'll do our latest quiz question. Um, and seeing as we're talking about the UK later, I thought I would do a UK-related quiz question. Uh, as many people would have known last year, we lost quite a lot of days to strikes. Uh, people, you know, not going to work for, for a number of reasons and striking. Uh, it was the most days lost due to strikes since what year? So we lost X amount of days last year, and it was the most days lost in a year since what year? So I'll go through that when we go through the UK stuff um i think this is really tough although there will be i'm sure some people out there thinking boom i know this straight away but we'll wait and see to go through that um to begin then u.s inflation up first in its rightful slot um so heading into the event we were expecting 6.2 percent which would have been the seventh downturn month on month in a row so did we get that? And and also it is worth noting a fair few people were expecting a potentially higher number than expected. So did we get that? You know, what are the finer details? How did the market react? Uh, and who is celebrating right now? The bulls, the bears or the range traders? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Um, and I'm not sure if stocks really reacted to it. They, they sort of seemed unsure and, on sort of how to take that CPI data. Um, the S&P 500 sort of fluctuated between a 1% loss and a gain. And um, we saw that sort of bit of an outperformance of growth relative to sort of say value, which I think suggests that sort of traders read the print as, as sort of dovish. Um, bonds, again, also weren't sure. The market appeared to sort of be positioning, I think, for a bit of a hotter print. Treasuries fell. And the year uh, and the yield on the ten-year climbed to an intraday high of three point seven percent. And as I say, when we're looking at that that market reading as well, sort of bracing for a hotter print. I think we saw that in crypto as well. You know, Bitcoin fell in the days um, leading up to to the CPI, and then you know, even though you know we'll touch on it in a minute, the, the sort of the print maybe wasn't as. Um, wasn't maybe as good as as maybe traders I think read into it. Um, you know, the Bitcoin rallied. So I think basically what what we saw is we we saw a seventh decline in US inflation, which in the grand scheme of things, if we go back to June, and you'd have offered traders or uh, you know traders and investors a, a seventh decline of inflation, they'd have bit your hand off. I absolutely, you know, seven declining months of US inflation. When we were reaching that peak back in June, as I say. You know, investors would have would have would have ran with it, um, and we did slow again from six and a half percent in December to six point four percent, but slightly higher than market expectations, as you said, Sam. Um, and and the issue was was that um, we saw an increase in energy prices, 
slowing momentum in goods disinflation and we saw robust gains in service prices and the services is the was the biggest contributor in the report and that is exactly what the fed at this moment in time is is sort of trying to control and that's where the underlying issue here lies um and ultimately what it means is that the, the path to sort of stable prices and that target of two percent inflation that the fed is looking for is going to be long and it certainly will be bumpy um the goods disinflation that has driven this sort of slide in overall inflation in recent month it appears to sort of be losing that bit of steam um and the strength of the labor market continues to pose risks to services prices and then wage growth um obviously that that non-farms data that we got uh what was it a couple of weeks ago um was was obviously super strong much stronger than obviously what the sort of the market had expected and i think from this point here that the worry for the fed is that inflation becomes entrenched in the u.s economy um and then on the other side of the worry for investors is that the fed is going to be isn't going to be taking its foot off the gas anytime soon because of those reasons and ultimately rate hikes are going to continue and then we'll continue until things start to cool down um and as i said a minute ago this isn't going to be sort of a, a you know smooth ride and inflation isn't you know going away quietly and although we have come down from that peak the issue comes if if those prices do remain sticky at these sort of levels um because that just simply means that we're going to see you know rates higher for longer and ultimately higher than you know previously expected for a longer period of time i think you know a lot of investors going into this year you know envisioned a rate cut uh, at the end of the year and and maybe a pause on the horizon but you know if we continue to see that decline and we have continued to see that decline but you know the the services inflation is something that jerome powell and uh, and obviously the fed look at very closely and that that's the worrying point that's what's not really coming under uh, under what the fed wants it to be um and sort of going back to to sort of powell his comments are that they are going to react to data and he said that if we continue to get strong labor market reports or higher inflation reports it may well be the case that we have to do more and raise rates more than what has been priced in so that's really important because ultimately this wasn't a hotter than expected print uh in terms of you know we, we sort of fell from december you know it was still you know that that sort of seventh decline in monthly inflation but ultimately some of the key numbers within the report uh you know were a little bit worrying again that headline inflation again seventh decline you know investors ran with that traders run with that and i thought i think that's why we saw the positive moves on the market that we saw again as i said across crypto uh and uh, across equities um but I think for me, the, the incoming economic data is going to be really key over the you know the next couple of weeks. We've got retail sales in the US as well coming through over the next couple of days. Obviously, initial jobs claims as well continuing to come through. You know, and I think they're going to be really key. And and ultimately, investors are going to want to see the Fed try to sort of take that dovish pivot at some point. But this isn't going to give us much hope that that comes through. I think this ultimately means that uh the the fed and, and jay power are gonna kiss you know sort of stay on that that hawkish uh rhetoric uh for a little while longer yet
Yeah, I mean, I was just looking at the chart while you're speaking, but also throughout yesterday, initially on the release, it was incredibly choppy. It went down, up, down, up. It was so indecisive, the market, about what it wanted to do in those periods where it looked like the bulls were going to take it away and then the bears took back control. On the week right now, uh, and it's, it's Wednesday morning, UK time, we're up for the week. It's a massive area. I, I tweeted this, whether it was yesterday or the day before, the bears really need to take advantage this week. I think if they are going to, to still be bearish, I mean, let's be honest, we're 20% off the low. So for those that have been bearish stocks, you know, you haven't had a good time of it. Um, and I really think if, if we are to push lower, it really needs to start happening soon. Now from a, ch a charting perspective, the bears could say, well, if the week finishes like this, we've had, you know, three weeks in a row where we haven't made a new high, that would be pretty significant. Um, so yeah, exciting end to the week. And I think there's, you know, other factors as well to consider. I mean, obviously there's the US retail sales as well, but a, a big week nonetheless, Josh. Yeah, absolutely. And as we say, you know, a slew of, of economic data coming through and it's really going to be important. I think, you know, in the US that, that, that sort of, that there is going to be a lot of economic data, but it may be the data that investors haven't tended to focus on in the past. Again, we look at the Fed, we look at, you know, the CPI data, but maybe it does come down to, you know, those, those jobs, uh, maybe it does come down to, to wages and that's going to be the focus sort of for the Fed. And, and we talk about the US having a, having a, a slew of economic data, the UK, we've also got plenty to watch. It's a pretty big week in the motherland, Sam. Yeah, it is. And it is. I mean, look, Australia, as you saw today, have, have taken Eddie Jones from the UK uh, and they've also taken Josh Gilbert too. So you, you you might be asking the question at home, well, is there any positive news out there? We'll try to give you some. I mean, look, as far as weeks go, this is the big one for, for the UK. You know, at the time of recording, we've had the UK jobs report and the latest inflation print, which came out a few hours ago. So to add to that as well, on Friday, you know, you mentioned the US retail sales there. We've also got UK retail sales. That figure's coming out as well. So, yeah, a big one. A big one. Um, firstly, it's worth mentioning that the impact of these free data sets, it's not on the same level as the US. You know, UK inflation isn't going to move the broader market, whereas US inflation absolutely can. If we had seen a monster number, yesterday in in the us the s&p would have gone xyz higher the FTSE would have followed it um so it's just worth noting that if if, if you are trading uk data it's not going to move the nasdaq the s&p the dow the nikkei for example uh in a big way uh going through uh things chronologically then so the uk jobs report which was tuesday morning i still can't really get over the fact that it's 7 a.m it's a bit too early for me uh, for that but uh yeah that the headline that people will run with is that uk wage growth accelerated more than expected in the three months to December, but remains below inflation. Again, that's not going to be a shock because we know how high inflation is. Uh, the labour market also remained tight. The unemployment rate was unchanged, 3.7% in those three months to December, just 0.2 percentage points above its, its historical low or 3.5% for those listening at home. When do you think that is? Three, two, one, last summer which is pretty incredible, right? I mean, you can run with that headline if you're the Bank of England or you're, you know, the the government, you could be like, listen, the, you know, the unemployment rate is near, you know, historic lows. That's a positive you could imagine. I think the issue I have with this report is that the average hours worked is down. 
the vacancies are down and the median UK pay growth that also fell in December 2022. And that's the first time since the pandemic. So look, at the end of the day, we need to see inflation in the UK come down. And this morning we did see that it fell to 10.1%, but it remains at a frustratingly slow pace decline. Price rises, as we just said, still in double digits. And, you know, they're the highest amongst major uh, economies globally, which is a little bit embarrassing sitting here. Uh, And when you, you know, when I go into trading economics and you sort it by inflation, you see the UK uh, at the top there. It's uh, it's not great. Um, But I was speaking with with Ben Laidler, our global market strategist earlier, and he was saying, you know, look, this is a step in the right direction. Uh, and also the Bank of England, they're actually forecasting a fast inflation inflation fall from mid-year to around 4% by the end of this year, which would be pretty dramatic uh, decline there. So one to keep an eye out on that. And of course, with anything, it's about what is priced in in the future. So keep an eye on that. Do, do the Bank of England still think we'll get down to 4% by the end of the year? Uh, the reasons for that lower natural gas prices are felt in the broader economy and the job market eases uh if forecasts do work out i mean for for mortgage holders out there could look could look like a, a little bit of a relief when that base race base rate starts to drop which could potentially be around this time next year it's gonna be a long road it's gonna be bumpy um there's a little bit of positive stuff out there and and look when you know, you might be listening, think, goodness me, it sounds a little bit negative. That is what we're pricing in. You know, that's what the market expects right now. It's not like this is unheard of. So the markets are what the markets are. To wrap up this week, retail sales coming out. Expectations are for month on month retail sales in January to decline to 0.5% versus the previous minus 1%. ING uh, was saying, before this release that real term spending has fallen in 12 out the last 14 months god that doesn't sound good does it um and i don't think january's going to be an exception uh, if so it would point to a modest fall in gdp growth through the first quarter we had the gdp print recently which kind of just delayed the recession if you like i think we know we're going to have it we know it's going to last a while but you know this retail sales number is going to contribute to that uh retailers uh, experienced the January blues. Uh, I think we all did there uh, as the holiday spirit faded and sales growth stalled. You know, while there were deals to be found, and I absolutely had a, a couple of deals myself during the January sales, businesses are still suffering from weaker profits and declining volumes, despite the fact that many uh, merchants drastically discounted to try and lure that customer spending. It just didn't really go to plan. So, all in all, look, it sounds a little bit gloomy. Um, but the stock market isn't the economy. If you have a look at the FTSE, it's on record highs right now. You know, yes, commodity related companies. Yes, a lot of these companies make profits abroad. And yes, most of those profits are in US dollars. So there's absolutely reasons why the FTSE is on the high that it is, dividends as well. Uh, can that continue? I would say so. I think the FTSE is, you know, it's, it's broken key technical levels, momentum's on its side. And if you believe in risk on across the board, the FTSE is in that bracket too. So there is there is a silver lining out there, Josh. 
Yeah. And it's interesting that you mentioned about retailers a moment ago as well. So we're sort of in the in the midst of uh, reporting season in Australia, which is mm-hmm. uh, only only happens every sort of semi annually. Um, and we're starting to see, so we had some really strong consumer resilience in Australia sort of throughout the 12 months of 2020. And then in 20 in, sorry, in December, 22, we saw a huge decline in, in sort of retail sales. And, and ultimately what we, we sort of put that down to was that consumers brought forward their spending for Christmas to say Black Friday and those other names. And some of our retailers had some really, really strong results for the six months from say June to the end of the year. And then you spoke about discounts and, um, you know, one of the big retailers here, uh, JB Hi-Fi, um, earlier in the week actually said, look, you know, we are going to have to start discounting. Discounts are on the horizon. Mm. But it's also one of those that where actually ultimately these retailers don't want to discount. You know, margins are then going to come under pressure. Yeah. Profits are then going to suffer. But they also don't want to have stock stuck, uh, you know, in warehouses. So um, and then it's a really interesting point because, you know, maybe that is a lagging indicator of what we might see here is that we could start to then see those weaker profits declining volumes, even if we are seeing those those sort of uh, discounts coming through to, to get consumer spending again. So um, and I think that's also, again, the same in the US. We, we're on lots of there's lots of different, um, you know, timescales here, consumer discretionary stocks. Uh, consumer de- discretionary stocks even are <laughs> some of the uh some uh, is the are the biggest uh surprise in earnings season so far in the US again that's coming off a pretty low base but they're surprising nonetheless as well so that you know each sort of region um continent is on a sort of a different pathway in a different time uh zone and it just goes to show that as you said economies aren't stock markets yeah absolutely just while we're wrapping up on on the UK section I'm going to answer the quiz question. Uh, so the question was for anyone that's forgotten and not written their answer down. Uh, the number of days lost to strikes last year in the UK was the highest since what year? Josh, you got any idea, any guess you want to chuck out there? Um, I think I maybe go back to, I'm thinking like Maggie Thatcher years. <laughs> I'm thinking, Spot I don't on. even know. I'm, yes, I'm saying go with it. 1989 yeah. end of the factory yeah. era yeah that's why i said when i said i think it's a hard question but there will be some people out there that will kind of put two and two together and get near four um so yeah the highest since 1989 um which is pretty remarkable um and actually you know we talk about the retail sales on friday um and obviously yes that's from january but also you know has the december figure was you know, hindered by those strikes, especially the hospitality index, uh, as I know quite well from a mate who runs a pub, who said on those strike days, the pubs are way less busy. Of course they would be. Um, look, last up for us is Airbnb, who reported, I mean, it depends where you are in the world, but yesterday, um, although for you, Josh, that would be this morning. Um, yeah. <laughs> so confusing. Anyway, Tuesday market, uh, after the market closed, we let's just say that. Um, how are you seeing it? How has the street reacted? Um, when I checked yesterday, their share price was 47% lower from its all-time high. So that means to get back there, it would have to be a nearly 90% move, something like 87%, 88%, just the way the maths works. Um, $129 a share seems the big level for me. Above there, and I think investors will be licking their lips. Below, 
you know, they could still be confident, but with that's the hurdle. That's the hurdle I think we need to get across. But anyway, how did you see it? How did the street see it? Well, after hours, Sam, uh, investors are going to be licking their lips because shares have soared past that level. Love to see um, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, look, I, I guess we've got to wait till the open today. Yes. That's, that's obviously going to be interesting to see if it can sort of hold uh, those gains. But it comes after what was a pretty stellar set of results, uh, recorded their first ever annual profit. Q4 profits came in well above expectations. Revenue also beat market estimates. Um, and we saw in the quarter the highest number of active bookers in history. There was nothing about this report that that didn't impress me. Um, I love Airbnb um, as a business model, as a company. And I think Brian Chesky is doing a fantastic job uh, of of leading this company. Um, he navigated COVID-19 really well. He diversified into experiences. Um, they continuously updated the platform with some, you know, fantastic updates, which I think are brilliant now. And, and if you haven't used it or you don't use Airbnb, it ultimately allows you just to, to put in a, a sort of take me anywhere within sort of, you know, a radius or so, for example, in Australia, um, you can say, you know, New South Wales, which is a bit like a county in in, Aust- in in the UK. You can sort of say a region. Fantastic. Take me there. And it brings up all the places rather than saying a specific place. Well, that's great for people who have that flexibility that are happy to go to one place, but maybe don't want to pay the prices of a particular city. Um, and, and that comes down to, and I think, again, excellence in that they met the demand from, say, work from home and those longer stays. And now they're meeting that demand for shorter and actually cheaper stays. You know, you know, hotel stays are, are quite expensive. Um, and ultimately, if you can stay in an Airbnb where you can, say, have a kitchen and you can eat and you don't have to eat out every night, um, you know, that's huge. You know, airfares absolutely skyrocketed globally during Q4. We saw that in the CPI print in the US numbers. And we also saw that here in Australia in the uh, CPI print as well uh, that we got uh, locally. So that was huge, especially coming through in this quarter that we saw such robust sort of booking demand as well. But the big focus ultimately from the report, again, was forecast. And and this just, you know, was the cherry on the top, really. Uh, And it was exactly what we needed for investors, you know, coming off the back of, of a record year. You know, we're, we're seeing, as you mentioned there, Sam, discretionary spending slowing down globally. We're seeing that, as we say, in Australia. We're seeing that in the UK. Global recession risks are sort of hovering over most of the world. We've got falling house prices, which is usually meaning that ultimately consumers feel less confident in their net worth because this is their biggest purchase they ever own. This is their biggest investment, which makes them more modest over their spending. But Airbnb's outlook was, again, stellar. Um, And I think that comes down to that unique offering that I mentioned. It's continuing to attract users to the platform. And that just makes it a standout amongst competitors, you know, against Booking.com, against Expedia, against those other names, which basically do all of the same thing. You know, they they don't have what Airbnb has. Um, And in my view, offers something for everyone. Um, the next year, and again, I'm going to give a balanced view here because, you know, that is that is our role. And I've been very, very positive on, on Airbnb so far. 
but look, we, we've got to take the balance view. And the other side of that is this next year might not be plain sailing, especially if though that consumer discretionary does slow down um, to a significant level that, that does obviously at some point impact Airbnb. And if consumer travel trends do slow down, um, because if inflation doesn't come down as quickly as we're wanting and rate rises do continue globally, you know, we're seeing that here in Australia, rate rises are continuing. We're seeing that in the U S with the, with the, the fed and Jerome power staying hawkish, it's going to continue to eat into household budgets. Those mortgages are going to continue to cost consumers more. And, and maybe they're not going to be wanting to, to travel as much. Um, but on the flip side, you know, people are still coming out of COVID and still do want to travel. People don't want to be locked up anymore and are taking advantage um, and sort of really, you know, it, within the sort of the decades and the millennials that we've sort of lived through, we never had something really um, like COVID for so long. So, so sort of people are taking any chance they can to sort of not be stuck inside and say, look, you know, we had COVID. We don't want to stay inside. We're going to travel as much as we sort of possibly can. So I think, uh you know, if you're looking at the travel industry as an investor right now, uh, Airbnb is going to be the top of that list. Um, and as I've sort of said there, this is a this is a business that I think is going to be around for decades. And as soon as your business is known as a verb, you're on to a winner. Um, yeah. And uh, and that's it for me. So a bit of a balance view. Look, as I say, I love the business. Amazing set of results. Given the sort of the current backdrop that we've got, things won't be plain be plain sailing. But I think they've got what it needs to sort of navigate through this period. Yeah, it looks like it. And yeah, hopefully it can stay above that 129 post uh, opening and, and close today and this week. And, you know, then you start saying, well, a great to uh, 2023. Then you're getting back into, you know, some of those levels you saw in in, in the early part of 2022 and, and, and beyond. So it seems to survive things for now which will please some investors out there that have stuck with it i'd imagine uh or dollar cost averaged on the way down in a responsible way of course um look we'll wrap it there for today um i'm i'm have to say people probably can't tell because i'm such a professional but i'm so nervous right now for arsenal versus manchester city later and i'm so happy by the way that we recorded this today not tomorrow because i won't have a voice tomorrow i'm off to the game I'm going to try to do my my bit to to um, cheer the Arsenal one. Although I do know we've got quite a few listeners from Manchester, so they'll be listening. Be like, have a rest, have a day off, Sam. Um, but uh, I might need it tomorrow if we lose. But Josh, yeah, I'm nervous. Um, any any wise words? How do you see it going? I don't like football, Sam. Sorry, I don't. Know. <laughs> well, don't Liverpool like... aren't far off top four now. You know, you go on a little run. We're miles off it. We're miles off it. But um, this is, I, I, I think people actually quite like our, our football chat. Maybe we need to bring a bit more in. Um, our popular investor, Heloise Grief, if you're listening, all, yeah. big shout out. She uh, she does this and uh, she did say we were the highlight of her week. So hopefully, um, hopefully our football chat, people like it. If you don't, we're sorry. <laughs> um, but we hope you keep coming back. We're, we're just trying and to hope, give a diverse. And I do hope you. Arsenal win for your sake, Sam. So you're happy next week. Yeah, fingers crossed, because it will take more than a week to get over. Uh, look, we'll wrap it there. Josh, thank you, as always. Thank you, everyone, and uh, enjoy the rest of your week. Take care, everyone. Trade safe. You have been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, use eToro.com.